0: Good evening, this is To Be Discussed with Cup and Gurr, a show that proves that different political opinions do not have to end in feuds and the breakdown of friendships. My name is George Cup, and I will be joined by my co-host and political opposites,
1: Callum Gurr. Good evening everybody, that's right George is a hardline Brexiteer and true blue conservative, whereas I am a Lib Dem and Ramona, but despite these different standpoints, we are still good friends. Tonight we'll be asking which is more important in determining who you'll vote for in this election, Brexit or the NHS, what is the best British comedy of the last decade, and finally should more support be given to rising music artists. With each of these discussions being accompanied by polls, which you have the chance to vote on at wizardradio.co.uk forward slash listen, and these discussions will be open until the end of the songwriting between each topic. But first, last
0: week we asked you to send in your opinions on the following question. What charitable cause means the most to you? And you guys have been messaging us lots and lots and lots of different opinions Um, So let's start off with a first one here from Morgan. And they say, I really respect the NSPCC and Childline and everything that they do. When you think about it, children, especially really young children, depend on adults for everything. Not just their basic needs like food and warmth, but how to grow up and and who they will be in the future. It's something like 30 or 40,000 children in England alone were under the Child Protection Plan in 2020. That's only what is known about. The NSPC uh, protects people who can't protect themselves, children from physical and sexual abuse, neglect, etc. I know there are lots of charities which protect children, but the NSPCC is a
1: major one that I have a lot of respect for. Well, Callum, you can't really argue against that. No, I mean, I think that will probably be a bit of a recurring theme. I mean, obviously, every kind of charity is um, a worthwhile cause in its own right. Um, But obviously, yes, the the NSPCC and Childline do um, really, really fundamental work, I suppose. Um, And and I completely understand why um, Morgan's particularly um, picks those out, because obviously, uh, as Morgan says... um, Children are in an especially potentially vulnerable position or at least reliant position um, upon adults. Um, And and so um, charities that work to to help children um, are obviously ones that are extremely, extremely worthwhile. What do you think, George? Yeah, I I'm um,
0: I totally echo what Morgan is saying here. I, I think when you think of charities, sometimes it's really easy just to think about ones that are helping illnesses or helping those that are in countries that aren't as um, wealthy as ours. Um, and the charities like NSPCC and, and Childline are, are such a key um sector of the charity industry because they help those that do are genuinely vulnerable in this country um and I, i think sometimes we are rather a little little naive when we when we think about those that are in need and sometimes maybe we don't actually think about children needing that that support that is there because uh, luckily, a lot of us are from families that will support um, us as children, and and have been brought up in a society where uh we have parents around us. But unfortunately, there are those that don't don't have that. So it's that's why it's so important for charities like the NSPCC and Childline to be around to ensure that those that need help can get
1: it. Yeah, I completely agree with you there, George. Um... Moving on to our next opinion, it's from Amy. Amy said, in the past, I've supported a few cancer charities like Macmillan Cancer Care and Cancer Research UK. My mum was diagnosed with bladder cancer a couple of years ago, and if it wasn't for the cures available today, it would have taken her away from me. Whether it's the cures or the nurses, I think it's so important to raise money to support cancer care. It's one of the biggest killers nowadays and can come out of absolutely nowhere and destroy lives. I watched the Race for Life a few years ago to support Cancer Research UK too. Anything I can do to thank them for what they did for my mum, indirectly, I guess, is worthwhile, in my opinion. George, what do you make of that? Yeah, well, firstly, Amy, I just want to say what fantastic news about your
0: mum. And it's really, really good that she got the care and and help that she did to ensure that she um, got better from her bladder cancer. And that's fantastic news. Um, And I think... You are so right in saying that if it wasn't for the care that cancer research provides and and macmillan um, um provide as well that there are the possibility those that, that are that have cancer wouldn't survive and wouldn't be able to um, have the counsel and the support that they need. Um, and and I think this is the thing with charities is that normally when you come to looking at charities, you you choose those ones to support that mean the most to you in terms that have sometimes personally affected you. Um, and You are so right in saying that sometimes it's really hard to be able to actually give something back to that charity in a direct way by going up to those people and saying thank you. But the way you can do that indirectly is by helping raise money, by going on um, the walk, the run Race for Life and and raising money by doing all kinds of weird and wonderful things um, to to not just raise money, but also raise awareness of the charity as well. And and I think that is so important. What what are
1: your thoughts on that, Callum? Yeah, I mean, obviously, <clears throat> I um, faced a, a similar position, or I'm facing a similar position to what Amy um, has done with um, my my mum has cancer as well. She has um, a, a strain of um, ovarian cancer, um, and and so I completely appreciate um, why, in particular. Um, Cancer charities or those ch- looking to help in the fight against cancer or the support and care for those suffering with cancer. I, I completely understand why um, they would mean so much. Uh, and I, I've, as well, similarly, I didn't run the um, or walk the Race for Life, but I, I did run the um, uh, Man on the Run, which was up until they um, let men in the Race for Life last year. It was kind of the male equivalent of that. So I think, um, as you say, George, you know, anything you can do, these kind of um, weird and wonderful ways you can do these things to help these charities is is, um, absolutely um, amazing, really. Mm. Mm. No, absolutely. Um, Our next
0: topic. Um, our next next opinion comes in from Riley um, and they say probably an animal charity because like the RSPCC I feel like animals are suffering because of the actions of us humans and there's nothing they can do about it. Animals can't really help themselves. It makes me sad when I hear pets like cats and dogs are euthanized because no one can adopt them and I feel like it's different for them because they don't have as much control over their instinctive choices like human beings. I just feel more sorry for animals than I do human beings yeah it might sound a little cold but that's how I feel because animals have no control over their situation like humans do well Callum what are your thoughts on
1: that yeah I think it's always an interesting one because there's a lot of people that, that feel that way that they don't they um feel more sorry for animals than than what they do humans in, in many sense and, and I can actually appreciate that as well because um as Riley says um animals have no control, really, over the circumstances that they find themselves in. Whereas sometimes, I suppose, there is an argument to be made that that humans do. Um, Although, obviously, in a lot of the um, charities we've already discussed, that's that's not necessarily the case. But I can certainly um, appreciate the sentiment um, that Riley's expressing um, and you know, I, I do, I do feel like charities like you know the RSPCA um, and one uh, the RSPCB um, and, and things like that. Um, I, I do feel like they're very worthwhile causes, and they're certainly ones I've supported in the past. What, what do you make of that, George? Obviously, you're you're a bit of an animal lover. I am a massive animal lover. Um and and I think I,
0: I I would I love giving to animal charities and supporting animal charities if I can. Um I on a monthly basis donate to um I can't remember the name of it now, but it's a it's an animal charity where I sponsor a penguin um and to to help raise money for them. And and also I have I mean sitting right next to me right now is my dog who is a rescue dog. He came from the Dogs Trust. Um and I think that is uh really important and what Riley's saying is that there are so many animals out there and that they don't actually have control of really and truly what they're doing because of the actions that humans take I think unfortunately humans have taken advantage of animals especially domestically um, and you know some animals go through absolute disastrous situations where they are abused and, and everything like that and you wouldn't even wish that on a human um, and yet animals are faced with that and that's when you need the support and loving care of those, those people that will open their arms up to, to animals and, and give those animals a home and an actual loving family.
1: Yeah, yeah. And just moving on to our final opinion, then, it's from Tommy. Tommy said, I don't think I have one cause in particular that means the most to me because every charity plays such an important role. Who am I to say if a charity that helps someone enjoy their life is more important than the charity which insip- assists disabled people? Something that I do think is important, though, is the environment. So charities like Save the Amazon Rainforest and Greenpeace that protect the planet are really crucial. None of these other charities would even exist if there wasn't a planet for them to exist on. I think that's a, a really good point, George. What do you make of that? Yeah, I think I think Tommy's been able to uh,
0: sum up our little uh, section here very, very well. Um, you know, whatever we are saying and, and however we we everyone has their favorable charity at the, the same time Every single charity that is about has it is is there for its own right and it is doing a very good thing and and helping those that need it um, need them the most and you know all these charities are made up of volunteers that give up their time they're made up of people that donate their hard earned money um, just to help people and help animals and to help those that are really in need and that is why all charities are so important no matter what they do um, and absolutely I think environment today in today's society environment charities are incredibly important as well because it is something that is a crisis in the whole of our um, world and it's something that needs to be recognized you know it's not a charity that is localized it's a charity that is an international charity to ensure that we can all survive on this planet yeah yeah i mean i completely echo
1: exactly what you just said george
0: really right okay then so remember we will be announcing what the question will be for you to send in your opinions on at the end of tonight's show so make sure you're ready for that for the chance to be featured in this segment of next week's show but it is now time for the first on break of this evening so Callum and I will be back incredibly soon
1: Hello and welcome back to To Be Discussed. So it's time to move on to our second discussion of this evening. And we are asking which is more important in determining who you'll vote for in this election. So, uh, and the options being, of course, Brexit and the NHS. So common wisdom would suggest that this December's election is all about Brexit. It was called by Prime Minister Boris Johnson to very explicitly get Brexit done and there has been an electoral pact agreed which is being termed a Remain alliance. However, pundits were suggesting the same about the last election in 2017. During that election, Labour managed to somewhat seize the narrative, turning the election from one focused purely on Brexit to one that asks fundamental questions about how we want our public services to be run, especially the NHS. This poses an interesting question when looking ahead to this year's election. What's more important in determining voting intention, Brexit or the NHS? George, what do you think? Well, I think this is a
0: really interesting point. And obviously, whenever we have a a general election, there are always key issues that try and come out. And there are always um, issues that... Every single party try and argue on to, to to prove that they are the best people to to be in that position to to help out. So um, I think even though in 2017 Labour did a very good job, I can't deny it in um, helping show what they would stood for on a domestic platform with the NHS in um, uh, all different services and and everything like that, and and I that absolutely helped them. Increase uh, the, the percentage in vote share in the, the last 2017 general election. Um, so, but I would say this time as as in as uh, I would say the NHS is important, but because Brexit has gone on now for two years after 2017, um, I don't believe that the uh, effectiveness that the, the Labour Party saw about talking about domestic things is going to be as effective because um, I think people are so fed up with Brexit and so just want to get it done, whether that's remaining or leaving, that they're going to more be focused on who's going to deliver or get rid of Brexit than what's going to be done with the domestic agenda. Um, And I think Essentially, that is maybe where we might see Labour's downfall. I mean, we have seen recent polls come out where in their heartlands, the Conservatives are now outpolling them in some of their areas. It's it's unbelievable. Um, and the Lib Dems in some areas are outpolling Labor. It's, it's incredible. And I think Labor really needs to look at what they're doing um, in terms of what they're standing on. So for me, I would say um, the most important thing which I will be voting on this time is to do with Brexit. What are your thoughts?
1: Um, Yeah, I tend to agree with you that I think Brexit does have more importance in this election. I can obviously see, obviously, you know, how the National Health Service is run, how it's more organised, how it's funded. These are all really important questions that should be asked in this election campaign. Um, But I just think that Brexit, as you say, George, has been going on long enough, um, and we do need some kind of answer really, from this election um that is happening um and and I think that it potentially can provide that this election that answer um which will be massively um important um, but I did have one one quick question for you, George actually, which was um on, on the subject of the national health service. Uh, so the P have come out, I think it was uh, on Friday or certainly uh, in the past week, yeah. um, saying that they want to introduce, and it's one of their big kind of pledges of the election, they want to introduce what they're calling an NHS protection bill, um, which is essentially the idea, based on my understanding, um, is that the, the devolved governments of uh, Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland would be given a kind of veto um, over um, any kind of attempts to what they would term privatise the NHS, or or certainly reorganise the NHS any further. I mean, what do you make of that? Do you think there is a grounds for the devolved assemblies to have that kind of power? Um. Well, the NHS has been there
0: um, to serve everyone um, in Britain and it is something that is incredibly important. And I think that it is only right that that those governments in Wales and Scotland want to have a say on the future of the NHS. And that is only fair. Absolutely. Um, But at the same time, as you know, and I've said it, many times here. I, I believe that the NHS does need to be reformed in a certain way. And that's not saying that I wish it to be privatised because I don't. I think if it's privatised it will be ruined. Um, and there, I, and I feel like there are certain reforms that the SNP and Plaid Cranberry or, or whoever the Welsh Labour government might vote against it. And it might, in my opinion, be for the better. However, saying that, I think that it is possibly a good route to go down because then in my mind, looking at a UNIUS perspective, it will allow them to have more of a say in what goes on. Um, and I think, yeah, do you know what? Let's let's give them that to ensure that they feel that they can have a say on the future of their NHS. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I, I actually, I'm really surprised to hear you say that. Um, but <laughs> I, I think in many ways that is a, a logical argument. I mean, do you think that could lead to these devolved powers, which obviously, you know, in the case of, well, all of them really, they do represent a, a significant minority um, of the population of, of the entire United Kingdom. Do you think that it could have a bit too much power uh, to to them to determine um, UK-wide policy? I don't, I don't believe so, and and at the same time,
0: I I think that with us leaving the European Union, it's potentially a a route that we have to go down and and have a look at to see what powers we can give to um, the devolved governments and, and, and to see what we can do. Because I think the way forward for us to carry on as a united country is to ensure that everyone has an equal say in what goes on. And yes, the main government is in London, but at the same time, the SNP, in their belief, if they've got a majority in the Scottish Parliament, they speak for the majority of Scotland. Um, so they should be able to implement certain powers that have a um, a, a development on the whole of the country. That, and I, I don't have an issue with that. I, I, I This is seriously with my unionist hassle. And I believe it's the only way we can ensure that the union stays together.
1: OK, okay. very interesting. And just as a kind of final question, I suppose. um more on the NHS as well. Um, do you, one of the reasons why the SNP are proposing this bill is because they think that uh, a trade deal with the United States, especially under with Donald Trump as president, will um, put the NHS on the table really and maybe o- uh, open up to American operators um, pitching up and and bidding for work, as it were, um, within the British. Um, healthcare system and and that would be how we'd eventually get to a a kind of model where we're we're actually paying for healthcare. Um, Do you think that a a trade deal with the United States, especially under Donald Trump, does threaten the NHS? Um,
0: I don't believe so. I I honestly don't think that the conservatives would be stupid enough to sell away our NHS and privatise it to um, American companies I think currently right now our, our drugs that we deal with America is something like 8 or 10% of, of our whole NHS um, drugs income or, or whatever the way, correct way to term it um, And I, and I don't think that should go up at all. Um, And yes, look, we've, we've got to have a platform to have a negotiation to, to trade on, but I don't think that the NHS will come into that. And I hope it doesn't. Um, And that's not a, the Conservative Party that I believe in. And if the Conservatives got into power, I hope that's not the approach that they would take because I don't believe it's going to be beneficial for the whole country at all. Um, and I can understand why those provisions are being put into place, or the, or the SNP want those provisions to be put in place because I don't want it to be privatised, and maybe that's also why I'm speaking in favour for the SNP to be able to have these veto votes. Because if anything, it's the more kind of leftist point of view not to sell the NHS, and and maybe that's more my cent- centralist um, opinions coming out there. But um, what what do you, I mean? The Lib Dems here, Callum, they are. Um, they're putting most of their election hopes on Brexit and remaining. Yeah. And if, do you think if this was a, the normal general election in 2022, I think it would have been, or 2021, um, and we were sitting there, uh, Brexit was completed. Do you think that the, S- uh, that the Lib Dems would be polling as high? And do you think that they would still be going after that revoke article 50 or get back into the EU approach? <laughs>
1: um, in terms of do I think that there would be polling as high? No, uh, because I think that um, Brexit and the kind of situation backlog that we face because of Brexit has created these kind of new um, voting conditions, which I don't think will last. Um, could you repeat the second part of the question again? Sorry, George.
0: Um, do you think that the, 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 uh, the way the Lib Dems would they still be sat sitting there on a platform of let's revoke article 50 or do you think they would be more on the domestic agenda
1: oh, it's a very difficult one um i think there is a, probably an appetite within um the lib dems to um you know go towards a a, a stance but i mean i mean presumably if we were having an election in 20 Twenty two or whenever it would be, maybe Brexit would have already happened, or at least the Article 50 period would have passed, because we'd be on to the next stage of negotiations. Um, but I do think there might be an appetite within the Lib Dems to have a policy of rejoining the EU, um, although I, I can't say that with any certainty, really, and I'm not sure it's necessarily something that I would be wholly supportive of as a policy. Uh, but I could see it being feasible that they'd stand on a platform of rejoin the EU, as it were. Okay. Um, and what do you think is going to come out on top in this poll, George? Brexit uh, or the I, NHS? I'm going to say Brexit. Yeah, so I I, I think I, I, I'm going to say Brexit. It will be well. close. Yeah, I think it will be fairly close because obviously there's a lot of. I think people who are more inclined to vote Labour are probably more inclined to say the NHS is more important. Yeah. Um, Right then, we've reached time for our second song break of this evening, but remember to vote on this poll. Which is more important in determining who you'll vote for in this election? And the options are Brexit or the NHS. You can do that at WizardRadio.co.uk for a listen. And we'll be back very soon. Hello and welcome back to To Be Discussed. So before the break we ask which is more important in determining who you'll vote for in this election, Brexit or the NHS? And to find out the results to that poll, head over to our Twitter page, that's at Wiz Radio.
0: Right, OK, then let's move on to our third discussion of this evening. And we're asking, what is the best British comedy of the last decade? So... As we've all been growing up, there have been many, many different comedies and sketch shows that have come about that I think we all love. And we all love to sit down with our family, put the TV on and and be able to watch these amazing, hilarious shows that go on. Even to the point where um, some of them have come to an end and yet we are still quoting lines from them. Um, and we're still finding them funny, even when the repeats are on Dave. Um, we still like to sit down and, and watch them, even though we've seen them a hundred hundreds of times. But even though there have been many British comedies, I think we've been able to narrow it down quite well to, to a few. Um and out of the following, which would you say is the best? So Gavin and Stacy, The In Between Us, The Thick of It, Peep Show or Other? And as always, before I hand it over to you lovely listeners, let's go over to my co host Callum. What's a
1: curling? What would you think? <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, um, so, I will confess that in terms of having seen all the way through, I've only seen two of these all the way through, uh, wow. Gavin and Stacey and the in us. We need to stop doing this, don't we? <laughs> we? We need to make sure that we sit and have an evening where we watch every single thing. Blimey, I did start watching the Show this week, actually. Um, oh, okay. and, but there's about nine series or something like that, so I think we'd, we'd struggle to, in a week um Gosh. do that. Uh, maybe the Thick of It we could we could have done. I have seen I think the entire first two seasons of The Thick of It. So I've got an experience of all of these at least. Um yeah. and, and, and I'd say it's a real toss up for me between Gavin and Stacey and the in because I find them both very, very funny. I, I think on balance I would say Gavin and Stacey is is funnier. Um I uh, I just think that sometimes the the humour maybe is a is a little bit smarter, whereas the in betweeners relies a, a very much along a kind of teenager's sense of humour. Uh, I think with you, you know, using certain expletives which I'm not allowed to say on the air and, and things like that. <laughs> um but that's not to downgrade the in betweeners because I think that is um a very, very a funny show um but i think gavin and stacy you know it, it is just one of a, a very iconic um british comedy really um uh, to the extent where probably the the most famous characters in it aren't gavin gavin and stacy um and, and, oh yeah and so yeah, i think that kind of shows um the kind of strength of it, the fact that the people who are more famous aren't the title characters mm. in it. Uh, what do you think, George? Um,
0: I mean, all, all of these are are great, great British comedies. And I think that with there is such a difference between American comedies and British comedies because the British normally, traditionally, have quite a, a different sense of humour. You know, it's not the kind of silly kind of sense of humour. It's sometimes quite a dry sense of humour and yeah. quite witty um and that and i think these um sitcoms as they were are, are really portray that that sense of humor so well and and it really makes you laugh about it and to the point where you can still laugh about it after you've watched um the shows and as much as i do love all of them um and i mean the thick of it is 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 fantastic i do absolutely love the thick of it the in between is i i excuse me i never personally found the in between is as funny as a lot of people, um, I kind of felt, found it quite immature. Um, but at the same time, I didn't didn't stop me watching it at all. But I absolutely will sit here and always bat for the Gavin and Stacey. I I absolutely love Gavin and Stacey. Um, I think it's one of the the best shows created really one of the best sitcoms and i i think the it shows the amount of love when when it was announced that there's going to be a christmas special um how 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 many people reacted in a positive way that that was coming about um and i and i think it's it's something that you know even in our friendship group we still sit there and quote certain things from gavin and stacy and and i i find it very very strange when i if i talk to someone and, and i'm like oh um, I oh, just put Gavin and Stacey, in. like, I've never watched that before, and I'm like, what? Um, and then I never speak to them again. So, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> so, I I think Gavin and Stacey like that is fantastic, and to me as well, I think one of the I know it's not in this decade, but uh, well, no, it is actually. Um, is something like the Vicar Dibley as well. That kind of it's very similar to Gavin and Stacey in terms of the comedy elements and and the way they tell their jokes and everything. And I would say if I was allowed to have an option for other, I definitely would bring the Vicar Dibley into it because I think that's something that didn't just make you fall in love with Geraldine Granger, the the uh, actress. sorry, the Vicar, but also the whole cast as well. It was just a very, very well put together whole
1: thing. What would uh, your other option be, Callum? I was just about to ask you that, George, actually. Uh, <laughs> um, it's difficult, I must say, I... Just... I'm terrible because I always end up watching the same comedies over and over. Um, but oh, that's, I, why, I, that's why your jokes are so bad. <laughs> Charming. Um, <laughs> but I, I do think that probably a lot of people would say that maybe something like Friday Night Dinner would deserve oh, to yeah, be in yeah, it. yeah, 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 um, yeah. It's something which I've watched and I don't see the fuss about it personally. Um, I, I find Friday night dinner to be quite formulaic, and, and by that I mean, um, quite often it's it's a, it relies on a lot a lot of running gags, um, and so I just find the episodes to be quite repetitive. But I do know there's a massive kind of following behind Friday night dinner now, but yeah. um, which probably means a lot of people would say, "Why is that not on here?" Um, I mean other than um, Vicar or Dibley, because obviously I don't... Did that release episodes in the last decade? Uh, I think it did. Only just. Okay. But would you say something like Miranda should be on here as well? Because I know you're a big fan of Miranda.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. Good old Miranda. Yeah, I mean, but with the uh, Friday Night Dinner, I mean, I know one of our very good friends, Tom, would be, if he he ever listened to our radio show, um, he would be annoyed that that friday night dinner wasn't in here because he absolutely adores friday night dinner um so but but i definitely definitely would vouch for uh for miranda to be in this because i I think she's the her comedy presence and the, the way she wrote that script and the whole sitcom was just fantastic and you know she was one of the first kind of people that to take the time of 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 interacting with the audience where she used to stop and make a joke and look at the camera so you felt like you were kind of involved and go oh naughty um, and then carry on the conversation as if that never happened and and I think those kind of little elements was was so important because she was you know, as I said the first kind of person to do that, and that's why I think her show was so successful and 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 was able to keep going as long as it did um and I would absolutely love to see see that come back um and on that point of the old sitcoms British sitcoms, which one would you like to see make a comeback today
1: um uh, as in uh, out of these ones. No, no, out of any. Oh, of, so any British sitcom, what one would I want to come back today? That is the question I asked you, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just <laughs> had to conceptualise it in my head, buying myself some time as well. <laughs> um, Do you know what? I'm really struggling to answer that one. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, obviously Gavin & Stacey is coming back, so yeah. that would probably have been what I, I would have said. Um, but I, I still would love to see another in-betweeners movie in all fairness. Um, really? So so I guess uh, in between us possibly, but maybe if I'd have had longer to think about it, I might have said something else. Uh, what, what do you think, George? Um, I would I would definitely, I mean, out of those options we've got,
0: I would say Gavin and Stacey. But um, ultimately, i will probably say something like Only Forge's or, only Ford and horses um, would be a great great to come back I mean not that it ever would now, but I think it was such a fantastic show as well that we never really got the opportunity to grow up with because it was before our time, um, yeah. but the watching the repeats and everything were fantastic and i 'd love to have a kind of modern day version of that come back, but yeah. I think it's a bit too old
1: yeah I, I know actually uh, one that my granddad and my, my nan and actually me and my cousin and my brother would love to see come back um is uh, Some Mothers Do Have a um, which starred uh, or at least the lead character and it was Frank Spencer and we used to actually grow up watching that but that was a very old style British comedy as well. Yeah
0: right okay so it's now your chance to uh, vote on this question. What is the best British comedy of the last decade? And actually, before I throw it to you guys, Callum, what's going to come out on top?
1: Oh, um, I think that Gavin and Stacey will come top and then Peep Show, which we haven't really discussed particularly much. I think that might well come second because there's loads of people love the Peep Show.
0: Yeah, uh, What I... do you think? I think probably the Inbetweeners will come first um, and then possibly Peep Show Okay. Um, Right, so yes, so the question is what is the best British comedy of the last decade and the options are Gavin and Stacey Inbetweeners, The Thick of It Peep Show or other, and you can vote on that on wizardradio.co.uk forward slash listen, and we'll be back before you even know it Hello, what's occurred in Welcome back before the break we I'm, I'm sorry I, I tried to do it <laughs> it didn't work, so before the break, we asked the question, what is the best British comedy of the last decade and find <laughs> out the results of that poll? Please go to our Twitter page that's at WizBreader. Can we forget that can we um
1: just never talk about that again? <laughs> that was awful <laughs> um right. Um, so us move on to our fourth discussion of this evening. And we are asking the question, should more support be given to rising music artists? So obviously music artists are massively, massively important. And when they've made it, boy, have they made it. They make absolute millions and millions of pounds or dollars or whatever currency they uh, are performing in. Um, but before that, it can often be a very hard and gruelling climb to the top, which poses the question, should the government or some other body be looking to help support these future stars of tomorrow? George, what do you think? Do you think more support should be given to rising music artists? Well, when they've made it, boy, have they made it.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Um well I, I it's really interesting actually. So I during the summer um I did a couple of talks with um ncs a charity where um they help young people and everything i did a couple of talks to them and i had one young guy come up to me who was about 16 um who was an inspiring um rapper and he lived in my local area and, and he came up to me and said look I, I really want to help people that are in difficult situations that are in possibly looking to go into gangs or knife crime or whatever and i want them to give have a uh, an area where they can come and, and produce music if they want to produce it. And he said, there's just nothing around for us to do that. There's nothing for us to be able to make an impact. And he said, you know, you can release everything on, on YouTube or online, but you're, it's one in a million if you, if you even get noticed. And, and, and that's so hard to do. Yeah. Um, you know, you could be the best artist out there, but if no one notices you, then it's not going to happen. Um. And, you know, I really, really felt for this guy and I've had, since then, I've had many meetings with him, um, with the leader of the council that, that I've been on and, and and everything and so forth. And we are in the process of, of helping him and get a group set up. But what I'm trying to say from that is that there is definitely an outlet or, or a, a cry for this industry to help those that are, are in need. And unfortunately, industries like like especially like rapping um, and kind of the more house music areas, it's normally and I don't mean to be stereotypical here, but it's normally those that are from a lesser background that are want to be involved in that kind of rap music. And with those are the people that we definitely need to help more to to give a platform to ensure that they can have a career in this because Every single career choice you make, no matter what you go into, it's always going to be hard to get noticed. But I think when you have something like music and being an artist within the music industry, it is so hard to be able to step up on a platform and be noticed by everybody, you know. I know it seems incredibly fancy when people do get noticed, but I can tell you that they have they've either been noticed by knowing someone or they've been noticed by incredible hard work um, and being able to get to where they are. But it's taken them a very, 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 very long time Um so I absolutely do agree that whether it's a local government level or a national government level where we put um, the systems in place where there is possibly a degree in it, whether there is possibly um, a diploma in it at a college to make sure that people have that platform, to be able to start a career in music, um, to to let people express themselves. But what are your thoughts, Callum?
1: Yeah, I think um, the example of rap is a really good one, actually, because there's still a kind of certain... Snobbery, I think, around rap, and a lot of people yeah. um, saying that you know it's it's not really music, and 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 so forth. And to that, I'd kind of say, you try and rap, because I sure as hell can't. Um, and so that there, there is a real talent there um, to to some of the best rappers. Um, but you know, yeah, on, on a more local level, um, I, I think more support should be given. Um, it's very difficult to know what support but I think the example you've given there George of trying to you know actually get a place where these things can be recorded and and things like that I think that's a you know obviously a a massive thing and I think realistically the best way of knowing what support should be given to rising music artists is to talk to rising music artists Mm. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be um Young people as well. I don't think you know there can be rising music artists who've only maybe discovered it later in life or got the confidence later in life um, who are who are older as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I I think one of the key things is just to to talk to these people, um, and then we can find out what they actually need. Yeah, I I definitely definitely
0: um think so, and I I also think that as well. Um, platforms like the one with, we're on right now, Wizard Radio, is a fantastic platform where people do get the chance to, yeah. to be played and everything. And um, um, uh, he's he's been very lucky this evening. I'm going to mention Tom again. Tom it mixes all different songs and everything, and, and he has has been played by quite a famous um, DJ. I can't remember who what his name is um, at at a venue, and it's things like that that just that little bit of notice can then allow you to to get that recognition.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was um. Well, he's been played by a few, to be fair, but the the one that comes to mind is Third Party. I believe he did get played by, which is yeah. someone that we've gone and seen ourselves. Um, and a very, very good, uh, very, very good DJ. So, um, obviously that that's amazing. But as you say, yeah, just more support in general, I think, and and just kind of having a chat to to people um that are aspiring musicians or or singers or whatever, and. And, and see what, what they actually need. Um, but right, we've reached time for our final song break of the evening. but don't forget to follow on this poll. Should more support be given to rising music artists, you can do that at Force forward slash listen, and we'll be back very soon. Hello and welcome back. So before the break we ask the question: should more support be given to rising music artists? And to find out the results to that poll, head over to our Twitter page, that's at WizRadio. Right then, we've reached the time to end this evening's show, but thanks very much for listening to be Discussed with Cuffinger. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. So
0: as mentioned earlier, for the first segment of next week's show, we'd like to hear your opinions on what is the best government you've seen in your lifetime? You can do that by sending us an email to station at wizardradio.co.uk or through Twitter, that's at WizRadio. So remember that question is, what is the best government you've seen in your lifetime? And we'll be looking forward to hearing your opinions next week, but it is now time for Callum and I to be leaving. So
1: as always, I have been that I Can't Do Accents At All George Lawrence Cup. And I've just been Callum Gert. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week for another episode of To Be Discussed. Goodbye, guys. Ciao for now.